Hey everyone, and welcome to the Marketing Blender Show. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. All right. So your fractional chief marketing officers are going to talk to you today about how to hire a great marketer or what to watch out for when hiring a great marketer. And I'm very glad to be shedding some light on this because we see a ton of churn in marketing. Um, without getting into too much detail, it is an incredible frustration for both the leadership team and the company, as well as the marketers themselves when there's friction and when a marketer has not been set up for success. And that actually starts with the hiring and the job description. Yes. And so I'm really excited to really be going, okay, we're going to talk root cause on what's happening with some of your marketing friction and marketing frustration. And without throwing anybody under the bus, let's have some shared accountability on why is it so dang hard to hire a great marketer and see great outcomes. I'd like to say there are a lot of great marketers out there. Amen, sister. But the job descriptions that I see for marketing are insane. Yes. It's like a wish list of every single thing that an organization would like to have done. And there's no rhyme or reason to where, where that should fall within the business organization. It's just literally, we want you to fix our business. We want you to fix our sales pipeline. We want you to do all of the things and we want you to do them really, really well. And that's not reasonable. Absolutely. I mean, I'll point to myself. I'll go ahead and be the vulnerable one, you know, for right now. I'm not a graphic designer. I can barely even open that software. I mean, I can't even draw a stick figure. Now, strategy like nobody's business, optimization. Early in my career, I was not a great data analyst. Now, I had to do a lot of work to get comfortable with data, to get comfortable with spreadsheets and asking the right questions. So that was a developed skill that I did on purpose. So even looking at my career path, there was a point where I was terrible at that. And then there was a point where I got better and better until it was added to my skill set, right? And then, of course, my natural component is copy, branding, messaging strategy because of my sales background. But I don't do everything. Do not put me inside of Google Ads campaigns. Do not put me optimizing technology. And this is a great example. I mean, I'm a CMO. And so I have a wide range of tools because I've been doing this a long time. And I still can't check every single box. And none of us can. No, there is no such thing as a marketing unicorn. And people need to stop trying to hire for that. Yeah. One other thing I want to warn you guys about is let me remind you that we're marketers. So when you're interviewing a marketer, guess what we're all good at? Communication, because it's what we study. It's what we do every single day. And so guess what? Most likely good marketers or bad marketers are still going to wow you in an interview. And so this is a hidden problem because it's literally our determined skill set that we chose to pursue. So it makes uh, hiring a marketer, in my opinion, much harder. And I can speak from experience how great talkers don't always translate into great marketers. That's true. So when you're thinking about trying to hire the right person, everybody's savvy enough to know that you don't hire based on 
hey, they seem to have a great personality. But because so many business owners and leaders don't understand what marketing is supposed to do, they don't have another way to understand if somebody's really equipped and efficient at marketing to solve the problems that they're trying to solve within their business. Absolutely. So exactly the word you just used there, equipped, which brings us straight back to job description. So when we're thinking job description and setting people up for success, what's the first place that you go for, go to when you're thinking, okay, let's talk through the different types of people or marketers that you're looking for in order to solve the right types of problems that a company might have? This ad is brought to you by The Marketing Blender. As you guys know, I'm a fractional CMO, and actually at the Marketing Blender, there's a whole team of us. For a fraction of the cost of a full-time executive, you can hire a chief marketing officer to write your marketing plan, to clean up your messaging and your positioning, and to drive sustainable results. We oversee multiple partners, we help mentor team members, and most importantly, we build a marketing machine that will drive results for your company for years to come. If you're curious about what this looks like, and some of our engagements go from a couple months to a couple years, check out themarketingblender.com. As you're thinking about what role do you need to fill first or what role are you looking to hire for, understanding the thing that you're trying to accomplish in your business is going to help you define what type of marketer you need. For example, if you don't have a marketing strategy, the thing that you need is a marketing strategist. So you need someone who's at an executive level who can set the strategy for the business, who can align marketing with your revenue goals, who can align sales and marketing together, and who's able to put the systems and the structure in place for everything else to work properly. Now, a symptom or um, something that you're gonna see commonly when that's the need is you already have doers or you have talented freelancers, or you you have the actions already outsourced to different people, and you're wanting to get more for it, you're wanting to get better answers, maybe you're wanting to broaden or scale what's going on, and you're hitting roadblocks and you don't know what to do. That's a great example of the environment or the kind of the situation that a company might find themselves in, but they probably have doers, whether they're internal or external, if they're looking for a strategic person. It's true, and sometimes you'll see a CEO who is the one negotiating marketing contracts with vendors, making decisions about who to hire to redesign a website or who to run marketing campaigns. And they end up getting burned really, really often because they don't have a strategic advisor to say, all this stuff sounds good because marketing agencies are good at selling their services, but these are the things that matter to the business. And these are the ways that you need to think about your marketing decisions so you don't get burned. I love it. So the next one I wanted to bring up is the tactical generalist. So when you're thinking about this type of person, you're thinking about somebody that needs to execute effectively. There's someone who understands what needs to be done. They understand the components and capabilities that are required to do it effectively and to move progress forward. So this really is a doer when there is more to be done and it's not getting done and you want somebody, they'll pick up the ball and run with it. I typically see this as being the first hire that sales led organizations make. Agreed. And it's fantastic to have that generalist 
But remember, if they don't have marketing strategy to execute on, they're going to struggle. And it's a good point that you've got to get really clear about what the doing is. There are some generalists that are good at copy and design, or that might be able to do social media and paid campaigns. But we're still talking about, uh, there's, there's still limits on the full range of capabilities that a doer is going to have, even if they are a talented generalist, you know, getting clear about what is the bulk of the activities and execution points that actually have to happen and what skill set does that look like and what are you willing to outsource or delegate to somewhere else? I will say the personality type that most often gets plugged into this role, very hardworking, very diligent, and hates to tell people no even when they need to. So this is a very hard role to be in because it's easy to get overwhelmed and it's easy to try and do everything, even if it's not your area of expertise. Now, this is a little off topic, but I think it's worthy of bringing up because this person is so diligent at their job, they frequently end up being in a situation where they can be promoted. And that does not always go well when a tactical generalist gets promoted to a strategic role because it's different. It's different capabilities. It's a different mindset. It's different outcomes. And it doesn't always translate. It's not something that necessarily evolves naturally. Sometimes it can be developed through coaching and mentoring. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, it's, it needs to be, it just needs to be uh, thoughtfully navigated is probably what I would say. For sure. So as I mentioned, with the marketing generalists, sometimes they're overwhelmed, sometimes they're asked to do things that are really outside their scope of expertise. And that's where we move into looking at targeted specialists. So this is something that if you have a marketing manager or a marketing director, and there is something that they are not an expert at, like Google Ads or like social media, it makes sense to give them the support of a targeted specialist. Now this needs to be someone who is an expert at solving for X, whatever that thing is for you, whatever that platform is, whatever that type of marketing campaign is, that needs to be the thing that they are an absolute expert at. They don't necessarily need to be a domain expert, so they don't necessarily need to be somebody who's done it for your industry. They need to be an expert at the systems and the platforms and the marketing technology that's being used, and they can be trained to understand your industry. Absolutely. And that specialty is so deep. I think people... Um, misunderstand how deep certain specializations can go. I mean, you brought up a great one. I mean, digital marketing is the obvious one because it has a lot of natural complexities and analysis that go into that, that overwhelms people. But social media, so many people think, oh, everyone or anyone can do social media. But right now, our social media expert is actually doing a four-month training course for one client. And that client said they are drinking through a fire hose because it's almost too much. And they're only learning something every two weeks and it's still too much for them to implement. And that's how deep these folks can go. So I mean, really well put because this specialist can absolutely drive ROI, but you have to be clear that that's the impact on the business. This ad is brought to you by the Marketing Blender Lab. Marketing is hard for everyone, but small businesses are stuck with small budgets, not enough time, and too many options. SEO, social, paid ads, email marketing, live events, how do you choose where to focus? These are the top challenges I hear from entrepreneurs. You keep getting generic marketing advice that doesn't apply to your business. 
You've watched tutorials and tried a bunch of tactics that didn't work. You still don't have clarity on what you should focus on to get results. You don't have enough time to get marketing done. And maybe you've worked with freelancers or agencies that have let you down. You can get expert advice and start making real progress. The Marketing Blender Lab gives you an affordable way to work with an experienced chief marketing officer and finally get a handle on your marketing. We help you figure out how to reach your target audience and get more customers, what to focus on so you stop wasting time and money, and how to delegate effectively so you don't have to do it all yourself. Join me in the lab and let's figure out how to grow your revenue faster. For sure. And then the other thing that obviously helps with the overwhelmed marketing generalist is just getting some help to get stuff out the door. Absolutely. And that's when it's time to simply hire an admin. If you have if maybe you are, as the CEO or the entrepreneur, maybe you are the primary doer of marketing and you like it, but it's too much for you, but you don't yet need to give ownership of things to someone, but you need to delegate repeatable tasks, this is a perfect time. Or maybe you do have a marketing owner and they need to delegate repeatable tasks, but that's the key. These are places where a person can be trained to do things where they don't have to come in with predetermined knowledge or expertise or skill set, but they are capable of running things once they've been trained to do them. And if you get a really capable admin, they will make your processes better over time because they're thinking about how to do things more effectively and more efficiently. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it would be wise to discuss there are risks to actually hiring even the right role in-house too soon. So Daisy, you know, have you seen this with some of your clients where they've hired too soon? And what does that look like for people? Hiring someone to fill a marketing role before you're ready is usually a problem if you don't have something for them to plug into that's already working. And of course, this is a chicken and the egg. How do you get a strategy in place before you hire a marketer? You know, how do you make sure that there are systems that are working before you plug somebody into it? But understanding that if you are expecting people to just build something from scratch, it, it's going to be a long, hard road. And you need to understand that your expectations for what they're going to deliver need to <laughs> be adjusted accordingly. And Sometimes it's just that you don't have the revenue where it needs to be to bring in, for example, a full-time chief marketing officer. That is an expensive role to hire for, and they may only be around for two or three years, in which case you're going to be stuck going through that whole hiring process again. I think that's such a great point. You know, some of the other things for me also is that when you hire an in-house person, their number one job is to make the boss happy. It doesn't matter what KPIs you put down, what clear metrics or lists of responsibilities, they want to make you happy. And so if you as the leader don't have a clear um, set of expectations and an ability to allow them to have accountability and ownership of something, they're just going to try to turn into mind readers and they're not that. So it does go back to having those set structures and expectations in place. I think the other risk for me too, and this happens even if it is the right time to hire in-house, is that marketers haven't always been taught the language of business. And what I mean by that, and we love marketers, we are, but the P&L, right? And the language of business is finance. It's what is the financial impact that you're having. And I have seen very frequently where a CEO 
is talking in financial language and the marketer is talking in marketing metrics, followers, website traffic, impressions, reach, conversions, funnel analytics, and there the two shall meet, right? And so you know, there has to be some thinking on the leadership side about their ability to actually manage a marketer and to really make sure that there's a healthy relationship. And honestly, I mean, this is just my guess, but I think a lot of that marketing slash leadership friction oftentimes comes from this untalked about area that really is problematic where there's got to be some sort of translation between financial metrics and marketing metrics. And I think that's why the average marketer really, they really usually do only stay two years if you're lucky. And that's so funny because marketers are good at communication, but that's one area where we constantly see marketers struggle to communicate because they just don't understand that there's a completely different perspective at play with the CEO and the CFO and the COO. That's right. And if they, if they're not in the role or the level of the organization to be given the full visibility into these numbers, it can cause some accidental problems too that leadership unintentionally push down and set them up for failure. So there is joint accountability. So I always want to encourage marketers to get stronger and ask better questions around financial language and financial metrics and, the, and how to measure the impact on the business. But it is up to leadership to tell them the truth. And this begs the question, if it's not time to hire another marketer or your first marketer in-house yet, you still need marketing done. So how do you get that done? And how do you make sure that you do have that executive level advice and that strategic oversight and that peer-to-peer conversation at the C-suite level. And I would say, obviously, from our perspective, that's higher fractional. Get your CMO in place early in your business, but you don't have to hire full-time for that. You can get everything you need on a fractional basis and make sure that your entire marketing team and everyone you hire going forward is actually set up for success because you do have a leader in that role. Absolutely. A fractional chief marketing officer is a leader at your company just without the full expense and the full risk of a full-time hire. And so you've got accountability and actually extreme ownership because listen, if a fractional CMO cannot drive ROI and cannot prove their value, they're gone. It's very little risk to you. So this can be an incredibly impactful opportunity for a growing company to get that expertise that they need with out laying down the dollars that have been traditionally required to get that level of experience. You know, Daisy, the other thing that I love about fractional is that there's so many more experiences because m- many good CMOs are peeking into different industries. They're staying ahead of trends. And because they are fractional and they're navigating a couple different relationships, and hopefully they have relationships with other CMOs you really are getting bleeding edge insight into how fast things are moving, what's working, what's not, and even the opportunity to borrow great ideas from totally different industries, totally different scenarios, and bring some really cool practical innovation to your industry because of that level of you know, insight across yes. different experiences. This is something really funny that we do often see in the fractional CMO realm, people tend to get very fixated on, well, does this CMO have specific industry experience in the, in the exact thing that I sell? And in fact, that may be something that turns around and bites you. If you're only 
willing to look at CMOs who know that narrow niche that you have, chances are they know the tactics that all of your competitors know. Whereas if you're hiring someone who has broad expertise, growing revenue across a variety of companies, you're hiring somebody who actually understands these systems and processes that make marketing work no matter what. I have a funny little thing that might end up getting cut from the podcast, but it was so funny because this exact conversation came up with a prospect the other day and it begged the question from one of our CMOs. He said to me, can I ask what's the difference between a conflict of interest and a specialization? And I was laughing because that's the thing. If you only have one other company in that industry, it's a conflict of interest. If you have four other companies in that industry in your portfolio, that's a specialization. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys. So I love that you're bringing that up because you're right. It could bite you because marketing, while the process and the framework and the structure of how you strategize and how you plan and put execution plans together, it should be similar. It should never be rinse and repeat for any client, even if they're in the same industry. So big deal. Now, the other thing though, is we've been focusing on chief marketing officers on a fractional basis, but actually, you know, they can consider a fractional team as well, but this is slightly different than a traditional agency model. It is with a traditional agency model. The focus is on projects and campaigns and deliverables with a fractional marketing team. The focus is on filling the roles that you need to be filled with the absolute best person for each role. And if the next three months you need someone who's going to set up and optimize a digital marketing campaign, you get the right person for that role. Month after that, if you need someone who's fantastic creative director, you can shift the focus and the hours to that new bucket of responsibilities. So again, you're getting the best of all possible worlds with the focus on what problems are you solving for your business versus, hey, what's this specific scope of work and how, you know, how much of a retainer can your marketing agency charge you for the thing that they say they're delivering? And it's such a great point because with that traditional model, somebody wants to own social media as long as possible. They want to own certain campaigns or certain types of work for as long as possible because that's the agency model. But when you have fractional support, the goal is to grow the company. That means there is going to be a natural maturity process where they are going to hire in-house. That's why we're doing this podcast where it is appropriate to say from a strategic standpoint, all right, it's time to relook at how you're allocating your human resources and the structure of your team and what's the highest and best use of all of your people. And so it can be incredibly impactful because everyone's moving forward. And really what this means is you can ask for a situation where your fractional CMO and even the leadership on your doing team, where they can provide mentorship, guidance, and collaboration that actually up levels your internal people. And we also often get asked to come and consult on the actual hiring process. How do we create a job description? How do we define what role we're trying to fill? How do we make sure that that person comes in and is successfully onboarded? They're plugged into the systems. We do graduations for clients frequently where it's, this is the handoff. These We're going to teach your new internal person that you just hired to replace us to do the job exactly the way that you need it done. 
And we have some clients that are ready to bring everything in-house and other ones that are just, are just like, hey, here's the new bucket of things that we can now accomplish because your hours are freed up in order to pursue new revenue opportunities. Exactly. I mean, it's a massive paradigm shift. It's not semantics. It's not small details. It is a huge difference in the point of view around the richness of a relationship with a client. So if you are thinking about hiring, we would love to hear your questions. Feel free to connect with us, but also make sure that you're really being vigilant in who do you need internally? What's the right decision? Is this the right time? And are there different ways that you can achieve your scalable growth as you think about how to build your team and improve your marketing outcomes. That's it, you guys. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time. Onward and upward. We hope you learned something today that will help you succeed with your marketing. And if you liked what you heard, definitely give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Don't forget to check the show notes. We're sharing free tools and resources there. And you guys, we would love to hear your comments. So drop one in or send us an email and maybe we'll use your topic on a future show.